Today we'll be discussing the Ariel School UFO incident. But first, we'll introduce you to John Mack and look at his long and distinguished career, culminating by becoming the department head of the Harvard Medical School. Then, we'll discuss an incident that occurred in September of 1994 to 62 students in Zimbabwe. We'll talk about what they experienced and John Mack's investigation into the matter. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you never expected to hear us discuss a Pulitzer Prize slash Nobel Peace Prize winning Harvard Medical School department head on this show, stick around. Maybe this show is more upscale than you thought. Nah, who am I kidding? This is Necronomapod. On beams of light, uh, they, they were embarrassed, ashamed to come forward about it. Uh, and you these, don't think these were wild dreams? Not at all. These are very solid people, uh, healthy, mentally healthy uh, people. Uh, and uh, the only thing I knew that behaves like that is real experience. This is not the way dreams behave. This is not the way mental illness behaves. It's not the way fantasy behaves. Some kind of real experience is occurring to these people. But if this is a real experience, that is some kind of entities, beings, intelligences are entering our world and affecting hundreds of thousands perhaps millions of people according to polls, then this is something really worth looking at. So that's what I've been trying to do, is get people at least look at it, think about it. Well, so a couple things to uh, talk about off the top here. Um, I've seen or heard that there's been more and more comments and questions about people wanting to know how we all met which I feel like is the most common question we get asked. Who's asking us like bail bondsmen? uh, (laughs) Probably. Well, so I'm, my point is I think it's time to uh, refresh everybody who, who may not be in the know should, who I'd like to tell the story. Should I tell it? You want to, you guys want to tell it? You guys met first. Mike and I were doing a bid 10 to 15 for armed robbery. And then (laughs) no, that's not what happened. (laughs) We're gang banging. No, literally each other. These gangbangs in the, the cell. We were at the glory hole and Ian brought his then girlfriend. Uh, so Dave and I met. Uh, we used to be direct neighbors, like literally lived next to each other. That's how we met. That's true. Became friends. Uh, and then Ian moved into our neighborhood down the road. And we met him uh, through our, uh, you lived right behind our friend Jared from just brew coffee. Right. And he introduced you to us at like a, a hangout or something like a neighborhood hangout. Yeah. When I met him, I, for some reason I brought up uh, WWE. He was like, Oh, there's this guy that lives down the road that has, <laughs> that loves WWE. He's got some replica belts and stuff. I'm like, Oh, that's oh, cool. Replica pal. I won those Real shoot, shoot competitions, <laughs> various grappling and fisticuff contests. Who doesn't bring up their love of WWE the first time they meet a new neighbor? <laughs> Look, I, I'll be honest. I usually don't, <laughs> but in this case, I'm glad Ian did. Cause yeah. then the first time we hang out, Jared's like, Oh, you got to meet this guy. He loves fucking wrestling and, and MMA. And I was, I'm a big MMA fan too. <laughs> so we introduced us. He's like, Oh, you got a coffee company. Do you like wrestling though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ian's like big whoop. But what are your thoughts on Shawn Michaels tights? What do you think about his match against mankind at mind games in October of 1996, <laughs> September of 1996. Excuse me. I apologize to Mick Foley and Shawn Michaels for that era. Uh, so Ian and I met, we became friends and started hanging out quite a bit, watching wrestling, UFCs, drinking beers, you know, getting stuck in snowstorms, raising all kinds of hell. 
And then I don't, I don't know. How did you guys actually meet? I'm I think sure. I was gone by then. We had moved out. You had had enough of uh, my hillbilliness living next door and all the girls that come and go from my house. Like it's a pimp next door. I can't take all this. Uh... It's only a matter of time before my wife's over there. <laughs> <laughs> I got scared. I left town. <laughs> no, but then we ended up moving back like a, a year later. And then you introduced me to Ian. Like, who's this guy with the hand tattoos, man? What's his deal? <laughs> who's this fucking guy? I think it was at, like, a UFC thing. Yeah, Mike's house. Yeah. And you're not, I mean, you, you'd be the first to admit you're not outwardly friendly. Uh, no, I'm not. You new people, so yeah. I didn't have too much yeah. to say at first. And I'm like, People usually think I'm an asshole. Because <laughs> you're just a quiet guy. Yeah. And then, you know. I, I'm kidding. I'm not really judgy like that, so I like the hand tattoos there. Right. Well, and, and what's funny, what's funny about the dynamic though is Ian's like a quiet reserve guy, yeah. uh, especially when you're around a group, a big group of people or new people. Mm -hmm. And Dave and I were both very familiar with that whole group. And Dave and I can be very loud and aggressive and vulgar and That's true. kind of in your face. So, and you, Dave, when you came to my house for that UFC, you were around everyone you knew. It was yeah. all your old neighbor buddies. Sure. So you're probably being, you know, loud, having fun, you know, talking. And he's probably sitting there like, oh, God, I got to get the fuck out of here. I need, to, <laughs> I need to go call my raccoon buddies. I need to rendezvous at the Speedway. Um, but so I guess that's how we all met. And then, you know, I, I was at Ian's house almost every weekend hanging out. We were, would watch some wrestling or Damn. UFCs, drink some beers. And he was eventually like, hey, I want to start this podcast. Uh, you want to come over and drink some beers and I'll tell you some stories? And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then we recruited Dave from there to be the third. Well, we sent it to him to give us his opinion on it. So, um, we recorded one, didn't right, we? Right, the one just that me and you. just me and you, yeah. Like, I think you guys need my help here. <laughs> I know what will fix this. <laughs> me. <laughs> I will take 50%. You guys share the other 25, 25. And I will help you make this podcast successful. <laughs> and so that's how it all started. That's it. Three years ago. And then now, Ian, you're still in that, that same neighborhood, yep. same crib. Dave and I have both moved to a, Dave and I now live, what, 10 or 11 houses away from each other something like that in our own neighborhood and you know a five minute drive from ian's house so yep. that's the story that's, that's the update that's where story. we're at yeah somebody mark this down so if anyone else asks how we met we can tell them it was the fucking aerial school <laughs> ufos i like the glory hole uh, story much better though Maybe each time we answer this, we can come up with a whole new thing <laughs> and just like as a shoot just tell it straight <laughs> up like being like, well, Dave and Ian, you know, we're at the gas station and both both reached for like the last vape pen or something. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Touched hands. They both realized they were tatted up from wrist to shoulder. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. As a take my breath away moment. So, all right. Well, I hope that answers the question. Good story. Was it? It was all right. Well, <laughs> it's what it is. Yeah, that's the truth. So, <laughs> hope you liked it. <laughs> Not that exciting. Um, uh, also, we have l recently been getting a ton of feedback from listeners with uh, requests for topics or uh, things that they, they recommend we check out. If you are interested in submitting a request, please, please, please send it to inquiries at necronomapod.com. 
That is the, um, that's where we keep track of all of our requests. That's uh, the easiest way for us to do it. If you send it to us in a comment or in a DM on the social medias, there is a good chance we are going to lose track of it because, uh, you know, we get a lot of messages and comments and stuff. So the easiest way to get across to us uh, or let us know what you want us to cover in the future or add to our list, because I think we have, what, about five to six years worth of content right now on our list? At least. Yeah. Right. It's and just that, easier if it goes to one place. And so if yeah, if it go if we can funnel it to one place, that's the easiest. So we would appreciate inquiries at necronomapod.com. Send it there. We'll add it to our spreadsheet. And that's not necessarily to say it's going to go to the end of the line. When it come, t- comes time for us to make our schedule, we kind of just scroll through the list and pick out what we want. You never know if you, you request something. It might just pop up you know, sooner than you expect. Yeah, so. right. If you're looking for something else, it's gloryhole at necronomapod.com. That's <laughs> right. the other mailbox. <laughs> Different kind of request. Looking there. to meet like-minded people, we'll put you <laughs> together. Right, glory hole. <laughs> so again, inquiries at necronomapod.com. Send us any requests or stories you think we should check out. Uh, send it to us there. We appreciate it. That's all I got. I ranted for a while. Good so. opening, Mike. Very informative. I try. Now we got the four one one on that. Everything that's going How on. How we all met. Yeah, there it is. Uh, anyways, I'm gonna say off the the top. I'm not even going to wait for the end. I'm excited about this story tonight. This is a good one. This is a fun one. And I really enjoy when we cover UFO slash abduction stories that I believe. And this is one of them. Wow. Way to lead off there. I'm not going to wait for the end because I'll I'll probably be, you know, my comments throughout will probably let people know how I feel. So I just figured I'd come out on top and say this. I'm excited for this one. I think it's a really interesting story. I'm with you. When I first saw the title, I thought maybe that's where you went to college, the aerial school, <laughs> and it was the unclean female orifice incident UFO. <laughs> then, you know, it was an actual so, UFO as I read story a about me. further. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll do that one. That's a bonus show. That'll be a bonus show. I'm like, I never heard of this incident before. Uh, I don't know. This is a, this will be a, a cool one. Yeah. Damn good one. And you have a, a, very prominent, well-accredited individual who kind of puts it all on the line here in this story. And I don't know. That adds a lot to it for me. Yeah. And when we'll talk about it, he definitely didn't have to uh, put all of his, uh, you know, his reputation on the line Yeah, to do any of this. He's a distinguished, uh, you know, head of Harvard Medical School. Anyway, well, I'll let you tell the story. <laughs> you might be able to tell it a little bit better than I can. So the guy we were just talking about, this episode is almost as much about John E. Mack as it is about the aerial school incident. John E., not Johnny. Right. John E. Got it. Period. It's clarifying. Mack. <laughs> as it is about the aerial school incident, um, like Stanton Friedman or J. Allen Hynek, John Mack was the real deal. In 1977, he was awarded the Pulitzer Prize for his book titled A Prince of Our Disorder, which was a biography on Colonel Thomas Edward Lawrence. You know who that is? Uh, I looked at it briefly because I was going to bring it up, but I don't remember. So T.E. Uh, Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia, who like led there in the Arab revolt like during World War One. Okay. Really interesting guy. I'm like, wait a minute. That name sounds familiar. If you've never seen the movie Lawrence of Arabia, really cool. That same year, he became the department head at Harvard Medical School, specializing in child psychiatry. A couple years later, in 1985, John Mack was one of the key speakers 
of a group that was aimed toward disarming nuclear weapons worldwide, and that group was given the Nobel Peace Prize. How many people have won the Pulitzer and Nobel Prize? It's probably not a very large group, right? I would imagine. It's going to be very small. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Which, again, sets the stage for who this guy is. Yeah, this isn't... For what we're uh, about to get into. This isn't just some Joe Schmo, you know, oh, I'm I'm a scientist or I'm a professor, you know, whatever. This is... Yeah. This guy comes with accreditation. It's not Billy Bob from Gulfstream, uh, Florida. Was <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Rolling through the uh, fucking oh, bushes uh, naked, shoot at the sky. Ed Walters. <laughs> well, yeah. It's a legitimate dude. Here. <laughs> well, yeah, I would go as far to say more accomplished than Stanton Friedman or Jalen Hynek. And not to take anything away from them, those are astrophysicists and nuclear physicists. Yeah. But John Mack is Pulitzer Prize, Nobel Peace Prize. He yeah. is by far the most, I think, yeah. distinguished and accredited that we have ever discussed in an alien episode. I mean, he I mean, this guy has a lot to lose. Yeah. Given what we're going to talk about. I mean, he's almost the Philip Class's level as far as <laughs> being a great person. Almost, right? almost, though, but almost not quite. Right. <laughs> Ian's nemesis, Philip Class. Get him all fired up. It's like, <laughs> What was the uh, triple threat cage match I brought up the one day? It was us three in a hell in a cell against Philip Class, Keith Raniere, and who was his Somebody. nemesis? <laughs> Who's my nemesis? I can't remember. Makes two of us. I just remember I said, do Philip Class off the top of the hell in a cell like Mick Foley. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> in the late 80s, John Mack met Bud Hopkins. Bud Hopkins is another classic character in the world of UFOs. He was a regular on Coast to Coast. Bud Hopkins does not have any credits. He's an artist turned UFO investigator. Bud will be a future episode. um, But he really brought the alien abduction phenomena to the mainstream world, specifically in two books he published in the 80s, Missing Time and Intruders. John said after meeting Bud, quote, I assume that both he and his subjects must be mentally disturbed for the phenomena lies outside the range of realities that are possible in the Western world view. So it kind of goes back to the mainstream view of people who've suffered this sort of, you know, abduction, right? You're crazy. Yeah. It's kind of like where Mike's disparaging views on Betty Hill originate from that same twisted, terrible mindset. I mean, she was a crack whore. <laughs> so offensive. John Mack went on to say, quote, little by little, I got drawn into this and I was referred to cases. By the beginning of June of 1990, I had worked with approximately 55 individuals, 41 of whom fulfilled the strict criteria for an abduction case, which include being taken by strange humanoid creatures into an enclosure, a UFO, and subjected to a variety of procedures. My cases included children as young as two years old. The oldest person is 57. It struck me how ordinary these people are. I have housewives, clerks, prison guards, a chef, and a Boston restaurant. There have been numerous psychological studies of these individuals. None has discovered any psychopathology in great degree that could account for the experience. That says a lot. Dave, how far from Boston were you born? Uh, I don't know, 10, 15 miles. I was born in Methuen, Massachusetts. So maybe, real- you, maybe you knew this guy. This guy <laughs> chef. Maybe you knew, maybe your parents knew him. It's possible. <laughs> I 
I really missed out on that cool accent though, because I moved here when I was. It's not cool, man. I think Boston cool. and New York accents. I can't. I like New York accents. Oh, I can't do them. I like the Boston accent. I find both of them more obnoxious than the Southern accent. Really? And that's a big surprise coming from like a NASCAR fan, but I can't do that. I think those accents are so awful. Hmm. I feel like I could have been in Goodwill Hunting if I would have been born with that accent. Me and I mean, <laughs> me I and mean right now you're already a better actor than Ben Affleck. <laughs> so just you and Matt Damon go make some good shit. <laughs> you would be a better Batman, Dave, than Ben Affleck. Really? Just, just your fucking like you know, salt and pepper beard <laughs> hanging out of the the uh, the Batman thing. I fucking watch that. Like, yeah, a little bit of that beard gut hanging out. Like, that's my Batman. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever even watched the Ben Affleck Batman. No, who would? I did. Why the I fuck would anybody that. do that ever? The, the, he was in the Batman versus Superman one too. I didn't watch that either. Mm-hmm. I would rather watch the fucking Twilight Batman than fucking Ben Affleck Batman. <laughs> it's supposed okay. to be real good. The Twilight one? Yeah. Can you imagine like a side by side? Here we go, Twilight again. (laughs) Robert Pattinson can't do anything else. (laughs) A side by side of Christian Bale, like method acting as like Bruce Wayne Batman next to like fucking Dave as Bruce Wayne Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good for you. (laughs) Like, look at this fucking Batman. Is he ever sober? Does he just drink whiskey all day? You like fucking grab the Joker by the collar. He's like, "Why is there whiskey on your breath?" <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! Throw him over, a, you know, whatever Batman does. I'm eating a Big Mac. My like, how's your can of tuna and an apple, Christian Bale? <laughs> you fuck. Fucking Big Mac sauce dripping down the front of the Batman costume. <laughs> What's it? What is it? Alfred's like, dude, you gotta stop. <laughs> Our dry cleaning bill is getting out of hand here. You can't fit in your fucking suit anymore. Fucking Batmobiles littered with like fish fillet sandwich, uh, you know, McRib. <laughs> John Mack started using hypnotic regression to pull out memories of what happened during missing time that his subjects encountered. What he found was very similar to Barney Hill. These people were absolutely terrified describing what happened to them. He also noted that the pictures drawn under hypnosis of who was abducting the subjects would create that terrified response from other subjects. John said, quote, The response struck me as something that could only occur if something real and not imaginary had happened to them. Dreams do not work like that. People do not respond to another's dreams that way. So something in me said there is something going on here that I do not understand. So showing the drawings of one abductee to another and they're like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like scare, like, like that's why I said Barney Hill, um, Remember how he was screaming on his um, mm-hmm. on the hypnosis tapes? That's the kind of response that John Mack was getting. It, it's crazy when it's just happening consistently. And it's refreshing to see a medical professional not just dismiss that out of hand, you know? Just like a yeah. Harvard, you know? Like, I, I kind of buried Bud Hopkins earlier since, like, he had no credentials. And that's true. I mean, he yeah. was just an artist, but... Um, well, he like, invented Bud Light. <laughs> his first book, um, Missing Time, was a really good like case mm. study on on the abduction phenomena, and you know him and John Mack got along really well. And you know, look, people become experts in different ways. I yeah, mean, you know, he was always on coast to coast too. I don't remember that name. Yeah. Okay, with art. Some of those uh, cohorts of uh, John Mack at Harvard Medical School should maybe take the same view of Eastern medicine and not dismiss it out of hand like 
Hmm. They're prone to. Perhaps. John Mack eventually found a pattern with these subjects in regard to information they were given during the abductions. Almost always the abductee was warned of environmental disasters that would be caused by humans, like change the way you're living or you're going to destroy the planet. He found that a lot of them were shown visions of destroyed areas hit with nuclear weapons or polluted water and air with life struggling to survive. Then, after the abductee has been shown these visions over multiple abductions, they form a bond or like a sense of love with the beings that are abducting them. They're terrified of the way the abduct their abductors look physically, but they have this spiritual awakening that almost always leads to the abductee leaving their old life and job behind to pursue environmental activism. Wow. Like, I was going to question why, why would they... I guess abduct these just ordinary citizens and not more prominent people who are actually in a position to take action on these sorts of things reflecting or, you know, affecting climate change. Like Billy Bob from Southern Ohio is not getting us into the Paris climate agreement, but if they actually do go out and change their life and, and like pursue this course of action as their career, maybe that makes sense. You still with the little people, the ones who are going to, Causing like the damage. Grassroots effort. Right. Not the one changing deal. the laws, the yeah. one that just changed their day-to-day lives. Yeah. But also, why are they doing that? Why do the aliens give a shit? That's the unexplained phenomenon. Right. Yeah. Why is that what they're doing with these people? Well, if it's interdimensional, technically they would live right next, be living right next to us. We just so, can't see them because our brains cannot process it. So they have something to gain by the planet living longer, being around longer. The way I understand it. Yeah. I mean, they just have an evolved, they're it's more evolved than us and they have a higher purpose and actually care about humanity. But can a- you imagine like if we figure that out, we'd be like, no, we're not going to fucking tell anyone else. Like, <laughs> don't give a shit about you. Like we're, we're a shit race of people here on this planet. Like we're not going to go fucking help other people. Like, why? <laughs> what? What? I was just watching you, you the, finale, point. the finale of Seinfeld, the good Samaritan law. Like what? That's a law. Like you don't go fucking help someone. Like who cares? They're laughing at him. He's getting carjacked. <laughs> that fat guy. It's <laughs> ridiculous. But yeah, I think the story leads to interdimensional stuff as well. But it's interesting if yeah. that's what it is, then then and is that their motivation? The aliens for coming here and telling people like, Hey, Straighten the fuck up. You're going to kill your planet. That is the most common theme across all alien abductions. Almost is pollution and nuclear war. Yeah. Is that you're ruining the planet there, you know, and there's the other things with like the sexual tests and all that kind of shit that we've talked about. But even in those ones, there's always this theme of you're destroying the planet. This is what's going to happen. Not to not telling people how to fix it. There's never any, at least as far as I've read, you know, there's never anything like saying, here's mm-hmm. how you can fix the problem. It's just that the way you're going in life, you are going to early warning system. It's like a yeah. paranormal version of a fable, Dave. I, I could get behind that. Yeah. Something like that. Yet you believe these ones, not those ones. <laughs> <laughs> these have actual eyewitnesses. I agree. First I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so I'm be on record. I agree. Hey, I believe in Aesop's fables. Okay. The other thing that people uh, or that gets brought up along the lines of us ruining the planet is that the alien phenomena, like the UFO phenomena, just spiked right when we 
um, uh, tested the nuclear bomb, the atom bomb for the first time. Mm. As soon as we figured that out, it seemed like UFO Aliens reports. were watching from afar like, oh no, fuck these people. <laughs> we got to go do something right. right now. There's so many sightings around nuclear plants, like the Rendlesham Forest one. Uh-huh. The, those UFOs both nights were real interested in in the nuclear stuff there. That's an interesting parallel. Okay. I, I, the thing about climate change is we're never going to destroy the planet. I mean, we're going to destroy ourselves. The planet will be fine. It'll come back. Like it's the people. Oh, we're, we're, we're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to kill ourselves. The planet is going to sure. be absolutely fine. Even if we fuck up the atmosphere, it'll come back. I don't think the planet's at risk based on what I've read. What did we talk about last like week on the bonus show on patreoncom slash Necronomapod on hollow moon? <laughs> like the one in a million chance that we were given life on this planet. And we're like, fuck it. Let's burn it down. <laughs> Who gives a shit? That's literally going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been hearing about the point of no return for a long time. I don't, we're clearly not going to do anything about it. So just stop talking about it. We already decided we're going to let the planet burn. So no more need to talk about it. We're like, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to be here. Whatever. Yeah, I'll be dead. I'll Whatever. Fuck. Yeah. Planet's going to be fine. My Planet great, 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 great grandkids. Fuck them. <laughs> not my problem. So about that whole bond in this the spiritual awakening people, almost all of these people have. John Mack wrote, quote, there's this feeling of interspecies connecting on a very powerful level. This phenomena has challenged our sense of reality more powerfully than almost anything else I'm aware of. But the absolute cardinal sin of the Western mind and the thing that will drive my colleagues crazy and probably end up getting me in trouble is that there can be traffic across those barriers is that the spiritual world can enter the physical world. Yet that is precisely what this phenomena indicates to us. So that indicates the interdimensional stuff. Yeah, that's where John Max stands on this. Yeah. You know what else has a strong feeling of inner species connection? What's that? Bestiality. Yeah. <laughs> I bet so. <laughs> Have you ever been banged out by a gorilla? No. No? no? Put on your bucket list, pal. <laughs> Put on your bucket list. Like Mr. Hands, when that horse enters you and pulls your colon out <laughs> with his big giant penis, that's a feeling of interconnectedness. Or so I've read. <laughs> As someone who has pulled out innards, don't recommend. <laughs> don't recommend that. The giving or the receiving end, don't recommend. Either way is bad. Yeah. Okay. No, it's a no-win situation. Okay. Thanks for the warning. You can't finish when someone's innards are out, Dave. You can't finish. It's tough. Seen a couple of prolapse rectums in your uh, day, huh? I don't know if getting specifics, but I think everyone knows here what I'm talking about. We're all adults. Wreck them. I just met them. <laughs> I have that tattoo on my lower back, actually. Some interesting conversations here that I did not expect to get into. I saw interspecies, though. How do you not talk about BCL? Well, I mean, in all fairness, you started this one. And Ian has like actually a really good story. I feel bad interrupting that because this is a fucking great story. I, I agree. I'm going to be quiet now for the rest of the night. Ian, go ahead. Yeah, me too. Bye. John Mack's research in the abduction phenomenon took him all over the world, but 
His most famous case was in 1994 with the aerial school incident in Rua, Zimbabwe. UFO sightings in Southern Africa were going wild in the 1990s, almost like Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Uh, like something opened up over that area. That's Some, Mothman for people that aren't familiar. Correct. And there was a ton of UFO sightings leading up to Mothman. Some of the notable sightings that uh, that get brought up leading to the school incident. April 7th, 1991. At 11.15 p.m., a UFO very similar to the Phoenix Lights was seen hovering in the sky by multiple people. It had white lights around the outside and a single red light in the middle of the bottom of the craft. The next two nights, the object was seen again by multiple people, but this time it was a couple towns over. It was always moving slowly or just hovering, and it was just like it was gradually checking out a pretty large portion of South Africa. South Africa, Nelson Mandela, alive in 1991. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Of course. (laughs) Till 2013, he was alive. (laughs) Mandela effect. Stop it. More on that on patreon.com slash (laughs) Nakronamapod. On November 18th, 1993, at about 10.15 p.m., multiple people in the town of Sasselberg witnessed a slow-moving UFO hovering over their town. People said that it was round, and the best way that they could describe it was like a water droplet, like it was morphing and changing colors. Around the outside of the object, residents said that there was a yellowish-orange aura, and then all of a sudden, there was a large flash of light, and the object was gone. Then about three minutes later, the object reappeared, this time giving off a blue light before shooting straight upwards out of sight. Have we heard that description before, like a water droplet? I feel like we have. Uh, Skinwalker Ranch, when the uh, when the Shermans were on the ranch before they mm-hmm. before uh, Robert Bigelow bought it, that was one of their things. Was they kept seeing these orbs flying around, um, and then one time they came up close enough to stop, and it was like it was morphing, like there was water inside okay. of it. Okay, that was completely interdimensional stuff going on there, based on the guy crawling out of that fucking <laughs> right. hole in the that middle was of the ranch. Holy shit. These sightings get pointed out too. these ones because multiple people are seeing these like this is uh, like whole villages of people are seeing a lone wolf after having 10 beers. Right. Everyone sees it in late March through April of 1994. UFO sightings were almost a daily and nightly occurrence in between the start of the 1994 flap of sightings and the aerial school incident. The town of DeBrag had a very credible sighting and potential close encounter. At 2.20 a.m., a Mrs. Erasmus reported a hovering UFO to the police, which the police officer who responded to her call confirmed that he saw the UFO as well. Supposedly, Mrs. Erasmus took a video of the UFO, but I couldn't find it anywhere online, but that's what Mm. the police report says. Seems like Mrs. Erasmus erased it. (laughs) (laughs) Say that three times in a row. About six hours later in Kalini, a farmer named Jan Pinar encountered a landed UFO that blocked the road for close to five minutes. This was a rural back road, so there weren't any other witnesses. But Jan said that his truck engine cut off and he felt like he was stuck in that spot until the UFO took off. He said it was a small silver rounded disc shaped object. And when it took off, it was silent. But 
that it had the same morphing color feature as the previous sightings. The police were called out and they were able to verify that the ground was burnt in the area where Jan said the UFO was. So felt like he was stuck, meaning he physically couldn't move. Right. Like he was paralyzed. <laughs> Imagine on just a country road and you're driving home. You're like, oh, it's a UFO. And, oh, <laughs> now my engine shut off. And, oh, now I can't move at all. It's pretty scary. In a word, yes. What the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that would be a great experience. Like, am I getting uh, anal probed or what's going on here? What's the delay? If you're going to probe me, get probing. <laughs> don't make me wait for it. <laughs> At least let me stretch first. <laughs> very tight. Never, you know. I'm open to new ideas. I'm very liberal, but let's let's be honest. Never been intruded before in the back door. Let me do some stretches first, at least. Maybe lube up. You know, that's what I'd be asking them. Sure, of course you would. It's only fair. Well, the next thing you know, they're fucking Barney Hill and me. <laughs> Barney Hill and me. <laughs> then in the town of Lindley, uh, which is a significant distance southeast from Caligny, Multiple people saw the same UFO slowly hover across their town, and the residents who were wearing watches reported that all of their watches stopped as the UFO passed by. So it's a bunch of people seeing it. Yeah, it's this clustered area of South Africa. It's not even really clustered. It's hours-long drives between these places that they're all seeing this UFO popping up. Did authorities ever undertake any investigation or... Nothing too significant. Kind of turbulent times over there, I guess, in the early 90s. So they had better things to do. And guys, we haven't even gotten to the story that we're discussing tonight. It's a good buildup. I'm just saying. It's so about the- to go down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think people tend to think, you know, when you hear UFO stories, like it's all in this country, but because that's mostly what we talk yeah. about because that's where we're from. But man. Well, because we're fucking stuck up. You know, arrogant Americans. It didn't happen to us. It must not. It doesn't exist. That's part of it. That's part of it. I mean, we talk about Rendlesham Forest in the UK and stuff, but for the most part, they're fucking drunk and watching football all day and rooting for Manchester United or whoever the fuck they root for. I don't know what the fuck's going on. (laughs) The point being, all of our international listeners. The point being, there appear to be UFO sightings all over the world. And us yeah. American-centric it folks don't realize that sometimes. It's the point I was trying to make. We're, fu- <laughs> we're fucking morons. We really are morons. Like, uh, We're so full of ourselves. Well, we are a little full of ourselves. But for real, I mean, we invented the Big Mac, right? <clears throat> and the internet. Yeah, so you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, planet Earth. So that brings us to the aerial school incidents. It happened in Rua, Zimbabwe which is a small agricultural area. At the time, Rua wasn't an official town. It was just like this in-between area on the way to the capital, and people just gave it a name. As far as aerial school goes, it was a very expensive private school, and it was a very diverse group of students from different races. Uh, but these were all, re- it was not, I wouldn't say boarding school, but it was very um, strict, everything perfect. Okay. Well, Mike and I can relate. We went to a very expensive uh, high school. Very exclusive. A humble brag over here. I know. <laughs> this guy. I'm, just, I'm in public school like a plebe. Yeah. <laughs> your, your city couldn't even afford ovens to cook their pizzas. <laughs> That's right. 
No, no, no. This is how everyone eats pizza. Here, it's a Lunchable with uh, just everything thrown on fucking top of a fucking stale cracker. No, no, this is pizza. I promise you. This is how everyone eats it. Go adjust to the world now. Good luck. <laughs> Society welcomes you. Now are you this saying guy that, fucking is hanging out with raccoons at two in the morning. <laughs> just saying. Are you saying that the people in Steubenville aren't prepared for the outside world because of their pizza taste? Look, have you been to Steubenville? <laughs> I have been to Steubenville. Do you think they're prepared for the outside world? <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> I love how we just sit here and look at Ian and make fun of Steubenville where he's from. Like, we don't care. <laughs> you guys associate me with it too much, too hard. It's not. It's not like that. <laughs> oh, oh. You mean like being associated with country music, pal? <laughs> That I don't even fucking listen to? And you guys associate me to that? Yeah, welcome to the club. <laughs> Maybe we get Tracy Lords on the show someday talking about Steubenville. Is there enough there to cover? For I just want to talk to Tracy Lords. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Bring some pizza, but Try we'll cook it in Dave's oven, and then we'll bring it down here. So the incident itself happened around 10 a.m. on September 16th, 1994, when 62 students ages 6 to 12 years old were outside for like a mid-morning recess. The whole encounter lasted 15 minutes, and afterwards the kids came running back to the school in a mass panic, to which the teachers thought that they were pulling a prank or something. That night, the kids went home and told their parents about what they had seen, which resulted in the parents contacting the school the next day for an explanation as to what happened. South African investigator Cynthia Hind heard through the grapevine that a bunch of kids saw something unbelievable. It was a UFO with occupants that came out of the craft and approached them. Word of Cynthia's investigation made its way to John Mack, and in November of 1994, John Mack and anthropologist Dominique Kalamanopoulos flew to Rua to officially document the case for John's research. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Relationships can take work, especially the most important one you can have in your life, your relationship with yourself. A lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well. But how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? Whether it be exercising, putting down your phone for a while, having a chat with a close friend, or just simply taking a nap, we need to make sure we're taking care of ourselves just as you would take care of a friend. And with that in mind... This month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does, and therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. Your mental health should be taken seriously. Nothing can cripple your day or stunt your motivation more than feeling depressed, anxious, or sad. We all have a lot to deal with in our daily lives, be it the struggles of work, keeping food on your table, or even paying the bills. Your mental health is one area that you shouldn't have to worry about. Whether life currently has you down or you're feeling unfulfilled, we're all experiencing our own form of strain on our mental health. And for that, BetterHelp is here for us. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you could be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Necronomapod listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com Necro. So give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Necro. That's B-E-T-T-E-R 
H-E-L-P.com slash Necro. And thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's podcast. John and Dominique spent two full days at the school, and they interviewed 50 out of the 62 children who were witnesses. They recorded the conversations and had the children draw pictures. What John Mack found pretty quick was that there was a strong consistency with the children's accounts. The UFO was drawn and described as a large silver disc with bright lights and a red strip around it. Also, some of the children said said that there were smaller silver balls that came down as well. The UFO never officially landed, but instead it just hovered above the grass and it made a humming sound that one girl said, quote, sounded like someone playing a flute. Here's why I believe this story. Nobody ran in by themselves during this whole episode. Everyone came in as a group after it happened. Something was going on. If not, like one kid would have ran in by themselves, right? Right. Something was taking place. That kept the attention of 62 kids. All of them. And even if they were scared, like there would have been one scared kid, right? That would have ran back to the school if there weren't other forces at play here keeping them there. That's why I believe this story. Yeah. Some of them said that they felt like they were in a trance, like they were stuck. Right. That's yeah. a good point. That's where I'm at right now. My mind might change. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. I think I made it very clear. My mind is not changing. <laughs> as far as the beings are concerned, some of the children said that there was one being, while others said that there were two. John Mack chalked this up to some of the children being so focused on one of them, uh, on one of the beings, that they didn't notice the other one. Look, you've seen one alien, you've seen them all, am I right? <laughs> the descriptions were pretty much unanimous. They were wearing tight black suits. They were thin, had small slits for a mouth, no nose, just small nostrils, and large eyes. And no clits. <laughs> <laughs> you sure about that? Uh, from what I, my research, I had read okay. that there was no okay. clits. Fine. I didn't realize you did additional research on this. Which was, it's consistent with any living form that has ever touched base on earth understood (laughs) (laughs) the kid said that the eyes stood out the most and this is all interesting at least to me that it all lines back up with barney hill's account the tight black suits thin lips uh no nose just the nostrils and that their eyes the eyes were so pronounced Mm. i think it was voldemort sounds like it was voldemort yeah, like if Voldemort had huge yeah. eyes. Sorry, so he this- who shall not be named. Sorry. <laughs> I named him. I know he's not supposed to be named. I apologize. I just think it's funny because of the, uh, the office reference with the uh, beach games, right? Isn't Jim name his team Voldemort? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Shh, you, know, you can't say that name. <laughs> so these are not the typical grays. Yeah. Close. Yeah, they pr- they're probably mean what okay. they've described so the as pretty much. Yeah, they're small. And I don't think these kids were privy to Benny, Benny Hill, Barney Hill's, you know, description or, or oh, probably Benny Hill too. <laughs> None of the hills. None of the hills. So they said the eyes were what stood out the most. Um, and one of the kids said, quote, the eyes like rugby balls. It was all black, but the pupils were white. He looked at me and gave me the creeps. Regard. Yeah. Understandable. <laughs> Regarding communication. The children seemed to be describing telepathic communication, but they didn't describe a voice. They described it like an idea popped into their heads. One girl said, quote, what I thought was they were telling us that the world is going to end because we don't look after the planet properly. 
I just felt all horrible inside. All the trees will just go down and there will be no more air and people will be dying. He never said anything. It's just the eyes. He was interested. Again, are these the right, is this the right audience for this message? I, I don't know. Or is it kind of a lady of Fatima thing? Like, you know, is that where the Virgin Mary appeared to that, the girl and Fatima and kind of, she helped get the message out to the world. Is that start with the maybe what they're looking they're for broken by the system? Yeah. yeah. Or is it just whatever? If, do they just slip through wherever? You or know what I mean? The least threatening people, or maybe there is no intended person. They just slip Whoever through. They find. Yeah. That's what's wild about this stuff. Cause who knows? Right. Yeah. That's what makes it so crazy. Cause there's sl- the thing about abductions and stuff. There's no specific, you know, reason why people are abducted. I think, and I think the ones that aren't credible, the ones that are really wild, you know, they have that stuff where people have mm. said like, oh, you know, I've been abducted since I was a kid. And this, <laughs> right. this was the reason, you know, Billy Meyer type shit. Right. There's no reason to grab Barney and Buddy Hill on their way home from right. New Hampshire, wherever it was. Yeah. I think it's, it might just be, uh, you know, uh, uh, like opportunity. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also safe to say these kids weren't on a five day Coke bender <laughs> like other people we've discussed in the past. Past. My one of my goals in life, these past that's that I've kind of given myself for these past few years, is to get Angela Hill and you in a room together at the same time. She's too afraid. So we can talk this, she's too talk this out. I think she's too afraid. She knows I have three world title belts at my house. <laughs> You want some, come get some. Quote, The Rock. (laughs) (laughs) I agree, though. I think they just, maybe they pop through where they can. You know, you read enough science science fiction novels, whatever, like nothing's, it's not exact science. Right. I mean, they're trying to get here and they go on missions and they pop through. Like you said, it's like, oh, here's 62, here's 62 humans. Yeah, Let's go get them. Who knows? There are, there are size. Perfect. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, people that are abducted multiple times—that's a lot of what John Mack, the the people that John Mack interviewed. This it was like a a multiple time issue. Like it happened to them every couple months or something. And maybe they, you know, that's what implants or things like that are for. They just kind of like a homing beacon, so they yeah. can come back again. Yeah, and they just—I mm. I think there's some. I can't remember. Maybe it was Jack Valet compared it to like when we go out and tag a bear or some type of an animal that makes sense to me you know or maybe those those people that are most receptive to being to the message or to being visited again well by that point though why has ian not been abducted once yet the man is fucking waiting also another goal i've set for myself in the past Mm -hmm. couple years is for ian to be abducted and anally probed so mike to get his ass whooped by angela hill (laughs) and ian to get abducted anally probed yeah and you want to play Batman? Yeah, my goal. Yeah. Is to, I'm gonna start making another thing. I want Dave my goals to go uh, for to, Batman. My goals to go to Japan and eat sushi. Nah, well, maybe as Batman. Your goals yeah. are different than mine. Yeah. Well, no, 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 pal. I've never said I have a goal of getting the shit kicked out of me by Angela Hill. Jock Valace, he describes it as imagine a bear in the wild, and then a black helicopter comes up or you know where someone's flying a helicopter over tags it and then you know flies away how would that bear describe that to other bears 
this big black thing all of a sudden hit me and yeah. I passed out. They, it wouldn't be able to describe it. And all the other bears would probably think it's crazy. Yeah. It makes complete sense. Yeah. Absolutely. So I have an audio clip that I found. I found the audio clip after I finished writing the outline. So some of the quotes I just read are going to be in this audio clip, but it's okay. a five minute clip of uh, what's out there from John Mack's interview with the kids. And then there's uh, John Mack giving some notes at the end of it as well. Five minutes. That's enough for each of us to drink a beer, right? Yeah. Two but, of them. If we shotgun, better open up a fresh one. Here we go. Something scared you. Is that right? Yes. What, what scared you? The noise. What noise? The noise that we heard in the air. You heard a noise in the yes. air? What was it like? Like a roar or a buzz or a hum or what kind of a noise? It was like someone was playing a flute. It was scaring myself. It was scary because you saw something yourself? Yes. Mm -hmm. I saw little object hovering. It was quite big actually and then there was little ones all around it. We saw something silver and then we quickly ran to the to the logs and we saw a silver silver thing and we saw a man standing next to it. Uh, what was it what did it feel like when he was looking at you? I felt scared. It it felt scared? What was scary about it? Well felt scared because I've never seen such a person like that before. Did you see the eyes? What did they look like? They were um, going like that. Where was the pointy part? Was the pointy part in here or was the pointy part out there? Up there. And what was the feeling when you looked at the eyes? Um, it was scary. Mm -hmm. And what, scary why? What made it scary? The eyes looked evil. Evil. Mm -hmm. And what was evil about them? Say what you mean by evil. Staring at you as if what? As if to do what? As if it wanted to come and take us. As if it wanted to come and take you. That was the feeling you got? That it wanted you to go with it? Did you feel like you wanted to go with it? No. Did you feel, what was the effect on you when, when you felt it wanted to have you go with it? Well, I just um, walked away and I started crying. So both of them were running. One was running um, in the trees, and the other one was running, running across the ship. Because mm -hmm. there were also trees here. Mm -hmm. The eyes were, were like more pointed as they came in toward the center of the yes. head, is that? No, more circular. And this was all black. All black. Now you've so made pupils. Do they actually have pupils? or White. What? The pupils were white like that. And you saw white in the center? Yes, like that. Was he near the, uh, the silver object, or was he far? No, on top. On top of the silver object, okay. And um, did you look at him? Yes. Did he look at you? Yes, and he gave me the creeps, and I stopped being Gave you the creeps. Actually, in your drawing, you showed him standing up, didn't you? Yes, I had to draw him standing up, because I couldn't draw him sitting. <laughs> <laughs> What I thought was maybe the world's going to end. Maybe they're telling us the world's going to end. Um, why do you think they might want us to be scared? 
Because um, you, maybe because we never we don't look after the planet and the area properly. Mm-hmm. And let me. This is. Is this an idea that uh, you have had before that we don't look after the planet properly in the air, or did this idea come to you when you had this experience? When I had this experience. Mm-hmm. And how did that idea come to you from this experience? This is a little hard, but try, try to be with me here, okay? When you, how did this idea come to you when you had this experience? I just felt all horrible inside. You felt horrible. At what point did you feel that? When you saw the craft or at, when you got home at night? Or when I got home. You had that horrible feeling when you got home? Yes. And say more about that horrible feeling, Lisa. What was it like? It was like in the world, all the trees will just go down and, and there will be no air and people will be dying. Mm-hmm. And those thoughts came to you, had you had those thoughts before this experience? No. No. And did, how did those thoughts come to you? Did they come to you from the craft or from? From the man. The man. And the man, did the man say those things to you? Uh, how did he get that across to you? Well, he never said anything. It's just that the face is the eyes. What was the sense you got from those eyes? He was interested. They uh, describe these experiences or these events like a person talks about something that has happened to them. Uh, and when you're talking with a, a psychotic who's telling you something and it's a delusion and you feel that it really didn't happen, I can tell. I mean, I know this is something that a person wants me to believe or they're frightened or they're distorting reality in some way. There's nothing like that here. These are people of sound mind, by and large, uh, telling me something that's very... Uh, they know that I might think they're crazy and so they're a little concerned about telling me and and they they're very full of questioning themselves and doubt and I mean the way and then they describe something very real and intense a light or something happened to their body or it's the whole quality of the way they talk about it is the way a person talks about experience that, that happened to them there's something to be said about the hillbillies the people we make fun of that claim they see UFOs, that claim they see aliens. These are just kids describing an experience they had. With no you motive know. to make anything up. Right. I don't know. Uh, it, fascinating. It's believable. And very believable. Couldn't a choir take five-minute break at that first clip when he was talking to us? <laughs> <laughs> you go to another room, maybe? But, yeah, completely believable. Like you don't think kids are, th- are telling the story thinking, oh, I'm going to make a fucking buck off of this. Like, I, I can't wait to write that book. These are just little kids telling their stories. Mm-hmm. It's it's not something I don't, I don't think a six-year-old, you know, somewhere between six and 12 are going to be concerned with the world coming to an end because of 
you know, pollution and things like right. that. Unless they had just watched a documentary about climate change or something in school. I don't, but you just, you can't hold together this group lie like that. Right. Somebody would have, you know, told the truth. Yeah, but but the, I mean, they hold this better that, together then than the adults that try to pull this shit yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. And these are fucking little kids. The other thing that was pointed out. Um, Who love the tattletale on each other, for the record. <laughs> right. right. And yet yeah. there's none of that. Right. The other thing that was pointed out was that none of them said uh, the alien. They just called him a man. They labeled mm. him as, or they labeled the, the alien okay. being as having a gender, like it was a person, and they stuck to that. Um, I guess that's significant. Hmm. I guess from like a, a psychological labeling of a person and not saying the alien. But I think that goes more to say, like, when you want the attention, you're going to identify it as an alien or as an extraterrestrial or as a UFO. Yeah. Or if you were lying, because those are like, the key words. Like we're going to make up a story about right. an alien. That's now. when you want the attention. They're not saying that. I don't think these kids are saying this for attention. Mm -hmm. I believe this story. Any hoodles. Like we said earlier, John Mack was the department head of Harvard Medical School regarding child psychiatry. And at the time, I mean, he was considered one of the, if not the top expert in child psychiatry. And he believed the, the kids completely. At the very, very minimum, he said that all the children at least believed what they were describing. Um, John Mack saw no deception, mass hysteria, or mental illness when interviewing any of the kids. Like you guys both talked about, um, the kids never gained anything financially or anything like that from the incident. Uh, and their stories stayed the same. In the age of the internet, a bunch of them have been tracked down for, for interviews. Some of them said that they grew from the incident, like they took the, the aliens' advice, while others were still terrified and said the whole thing just kind of ruined their lives. One of the witnesses, Emily Trim, gave an interview in 2015 where she said, quote, we heard a high-pitched frequency sound and we saw a flash and a craft. It's really hard to describe time at this point. All I could tell you is that two beings were hopping along the side. They were curious, almost like mimicking us. And all of a sudden, they were in front of us within arm's reach. We were frozen. Telepathic images started going across my face. Communication through the eyes. That's all I could really describe it as. Image after image. One of the other girls standing beside me got more communication about the environment. Mine was more about technology that exists. The positive and negative uses of technology. I'll never forget that day. It's not even plausible that if this was a hoax that not one person ever came forward to talk about it. 62 like that's not possible. People? 62, is that what it was, kids? Yeah, yeah. kids. There's just, that's just not possible. That's when we talk about things like 9-11 being an inside and job and stuff that no, no one ever came forward is the proof that that's not what happened. If this was a hoax, somebody at some point would have tried to sell their story, something. The fact that 60, no one's ever done that's not possible. And what gets me even more so is that that's the the footnote of the the reasoning why you would believe it. You have a the department head of Harvard Medical who specializes in child psychiatry. Yeah, sure. Who is putting his entire life, 
his work, his reputation on the line saying, I believe this story, what they're telling me. That is the yeah. like, the expert of all experts has been brought in to talk to these kids and is saying they're not lying about, or at least they believe what they saw. Yeah. And he interviewed almost every one of them. Yeah, I mean, almost unless, every one. Unless of them. MK Ultra was there, the CIA was you know, giving them <laughs> acid, and they legitimately were hallucinating and thought they saw that. Yeah, it's I don't see another explanation here. In the same interview, one of the witnesses who only gave her first name as Sarah said people still make fun of her in her town. And she went on to say, quote, the real message is that this stuff can brand you for life. It undermined John Mack's credibility, became this huge unending thing for others, and it certainly fucked me up. I mean, try telling people that you live in a permanent fear of these things returning one day. Try telling them that you can actually sense when they're back in our atmosphere. They'll think you're a kook. So it's two parallel or, uh, you know, two opposite ends of, of the outcome here. Mm -hmm. You know, some people have been able to talk about it more and be, be positive and others are like, you know, terrified them. And it's a shame that some people feel this ruin their lives. Cause that's what discredits all the other stories. When you have people that might have legitimate stories that don't share it because of the people that make up this shit Mm. and that you look at as like, Oh, they're a fucking moron. Cause that's the stigma that then goes around with actually having an experience and telling your story. Yeah. Guys like Billy Meyer. Yeah. Ed Walters. (laughs) If the government was really hiding knowledge of UFOs, they have to love Guys like Billy Meyer, sure. Ed Walters, because they're doing the job for them as far as disinformation is concerned. Right. Who was, uh, I ask this all the time, Fire in the Sky? Travis uh, Walton. That's, we all believe that one, I think, right? That was in, the last time we all agreed. I think so. I think on a UFO alien story. I mean, they all, I believe that one. They passed, the, the big thing with that was you can't always, you can't trust lie detector test as far as, <laughs> you know, a one-off, but they all passed multiple ones from different machines. And so it's like, which also says something. Yeah. Like, like what's the chances, them, but they all passed it still. Right. Eventually you would think one would fail. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying you should still use that in court, right. but, I'm, but they still all passed it. Yeah. If you take it 20 times and you pass it 20 times, chances are you're telling the truth. And again, you believed at least what you, you, you believe what you're saying. Yeah. Right. And that was a group of what? Five or six guys. This is 62 kids. And they interviewed what? 52 of them, whatever you said, Mm -hmm. 50, some of them. That's it's unreal. Later in 1994, John Mack published his book, abduction, human encounters with aliens, which is hands down the most scientific study of the abduction phenomena. Like if you're looking for the juicy stuff, you need to go read uh, one of Bud Hopkins books, Bud Hopkins first <laughs> one is a good breakdown of the abduction phenomenon. Man, his you're se- shitting on Bud Hopkins tonight, man. <laughs> his second one, uh, <laughs> intruders. We're going to do an episode on intruders mm. one day. That's a full Sunday one. All right. Can't wait. John Max is just straight up scientific, which is good. I think that's, you know, kind of what the UFO world needs sometimes. Then in 1999, he published passport to the cosmos, which expanded on his research into abductions and he included a lot of stuff about the aerial incident. 
Needless to say, Harvard was not thrilled with John Mack, and they launched the first ever investigation of a tenured professor by a committee of their peers. Lawyers got involved, and eventually the investigation was ended. Alan Dershowitz, who we remember from OJ and Epstein, got involved, and after the investigation ended, he told the Washington Post, quote, Should a distinguished Harvard professor of psychiatry be subject to formal investigation and potential discipline for doing research on the possibility that people who claim they were abducted by space aliens may not be crazy after all? This question is dividing the academic community, which is watching carefully as Harvard Medical School completes its year-long investigation into the research of Dr. John Mack, who wrote the controversial bestseller, Abduction, Human Encounters with Aliens. Sounds like a paranormal erotica episode. <laughs> kind of does. <laughs> Maybe we should write that. <laughs> Coming from Cool Down Media Publishing. <laughs> it is extremely unusual for great universities to second-guess the research or publications of their tenured faculty. Any formal investigation of a professor's ideas raises serious concerns about the chilling of academic freedom. Will the next professor who is thinking about an unconventional research project be deterred by the prospect of having to hire a lawyer to defend his ideas? It is noteworthy that the issue of space aliens is not a politically, racially, or sexually divisive one. What is on trial in this case are his ideas, his willingness to consider the possibility that the numerous accounts of alien abductions may not all be products of insane delusions. Dr. Mack's idea shop in the marketplace should not be shut down, nor should it be subjected to extraordinary inspections. Critics should open their own idea shops and try to compete. Eventually, the truth will come out. That is what a university is all about. I, I think I agree with that. Yeah. 100%. I mean, there's nothing crazy. He's not fucking his students like some other Harvard department heads are, I assume, right? Well, this is <laughs> like, like, I just go back to the guy he is like, this is a reputable human being. More reputable than any of us fucking three drunks yeah. will ever be. Right. And he is just looking into this story, talking to kids as a world renowned child psychiatrist and saying, you know what? There might be fucking something here. That's and some I'll, villainizing there and, with no legitimate and, reason. Right. Like he's just exploring what they're saying and trying to learn. It was, it was a really weird investigation too, because it was, uh, it was a secret one. He wasn't even told about it. It, mm. it had been going on for a couple months before he found out. And that's when he lawyered up and Alan Dershowitz got involved. Yeah. And Dershowitz went on to say, I also don't think it's fair that an esteemed <laughs> member of the OJ Simpson <laughs> legal defense team who got OJ off of those murder charges be alleged to have fucked underage girls <laughs> on Epstein's private island. That also is uncalled for. And I paraphrase there. It was something along those lines. Completely uncalled for. Allegedly. <laughs> Almost the exact Allegedly. same thing. Huh? Yeah, I mean, say what you will about Alan Dershowitz. Like, based on that quote, he's a good lawyer and yeah. everything else we've talked about with him. He may have. Well, I mean, been, he probably uh, is a damn good lawyer. Oh yeah, for sure. He wouldn't be but, on Epstein's island if right. he wasn't. But in all fairness, like <laughs> yep. in this case, like we said, this, he's fucking right. I yeah. think. Yeah, for oh. sure. Also, credibly accused of having sex with uh, lots of underage girls on well, Epstein Island. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> 
Regardless. Allegedly. Tonight, <laughs> he has said things that I believe to be credible and true. I, and I agree with those. those worthy sure. of a kudos. I do not agree with fucking underage girls on Epstein's Island. We do not condone that. Which he ale- allegedly was accused of doing. Didn't he just lose that lawsuit? <laughs> didn't we spend like Prince Andrew did? Didn't oh, we that's spend right. It was like Prince Andrew settled out of court? Hmm. <laughs> we spent like 19 and a half weeks talking about that shit, didn't we? <laughs> Something like that. It's funny how those things get settled yeah, out of court. Right. <laughs> there is zero percent chance that Prince Andrew was not fucking that girl. Zero. I mean, zero. there's a fucking picture. There's a picture. I mean, just stop. So, he's like, he's like, oh, I, I had that condition where I did not sweat at that time, so that was not me. This almost goes back to my apartment wrestling thing with like Ugh. with weird just places. These motherfuckers are so incredibly rich, and he's a prince, yeah. and they're in some regular ass apartment. He's not in that regular apartment to just hang out, right? You don't know. He's a regular guy. Yeah, is he? I don't know. No, <laughs> probably not. This is. Piece of shit. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it anymore. Sixteen-year-old. That's where you go. <laughs> that uh, wherever he. That was, guy can yeah. fuck any adult woman in the UK that he wants. Yeah, exactly. Not in the United States. <laughs> we have standards here. It's ridiculous. Just that guy's ridiculous. Maybe your first uh, mission as Batman, Dave, should be to take care of him. <laughs> Set him straight. I think so. Yeah. Go fuck up Prince Andrew. I just want to see fucking Batman with a little beer gut and that salt and pepper beard. He's talking about my beer gut. I, well, I got beer gut too, Dave. It's no big deal. I'm just saying, you know, you're no Christian Bale with your apple and tuna fish. You have your diet of your sushi and, you know, you like the fucking, you know, have I, your pulled pork. I like to eat. You like to eat. <laughs> You have to drink some alcohols. I like to drink. You do alcohols, you do food, and you got your beard. And I just think it'd be the best Batman ever to just go fucking hang Prince uh, Andrew over a fucking I'll do it. building. Tell us the truth or just give me a fucking beer. <laughs> I'm fat man. <laughs> they Perfect. stripped him of his military commission, right? I can get to him now. He's got no protection. I think the... The royal family is probably fucking fed up with it. They him. did. They stripped him of his <laughs> commission. <laughs> you climb those walls and you're just like, <gasps> hold on, hold on. Batman. <laughs> exactly right. Where's Meghan Markle? <laughs> <laughs> fucking Canada? Oh, fuck this. I'm out of here. <laughs> On Monday, September 27th, 2004, John Mack was in London giving a lecture to the Thomas Edward Lawrence Society. From all his work in abductions, John Mack became very environmentally conscious, and he was walking home from the event. At 11.25 p.m., John was hit by a drunk driver and died shortly after. A lot of his research is locked away in an archive controlled by his family, and hopefully it gets released someday, but... We have two awesome books um, on abductions and the possibility of reality being very thin, a bunch of recorded lectures that are cool, and he was on Art Bell, or he was on Coast to Coast a couple times. All right. Do we think Harvard assassinated him? There's people that say that. Do they? Yeah, but no. He was hit by an asshole yeah. that was driving drunk. Well, that's a, that's a sad ending to the story because I really like this guy. This story very much reminded me of the Casablanca entities 
Yeah, the, but those kids are there was like some, some crazy shit going like on there. Wild shit. Like they were battling and up on the rooftops and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that crazy shit. Carried away. There was like a big metal hand that came out of the yes. sky. <laughs> That's one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. It's fucking nuts. Was that a bonus show? Or was that a regular show? It was a bonus show, but it was one we, 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 we released to the public at one point. Oh. Or available on any it's, of it's your out podcast there. feeds. Yeah, it's out there. If you Google Casablanca entities, Necronompod shows the we first are, thing We are shows literally up. the first Google search. <laughs> that story which is, is incredible. so cool. How did three fucking drunk asses stumble backwards into being <laughs> oh. the first Google search for Casablanca entities? Apparently, we're the worldwide expert on the Casablanca entities. Yeah, if there's ever a history channel show or something, they're going to call us first, right? Yeah. Well, I'll be there. Sure. Casablanca entities <laughs> expert. Ian and I'm just going to sit behind him with like an Austin, <laughs> an Austin 316 shirt and be like, yeah, he's right. This was true. Can confirm. That's what this reminded me of. I don't know why, but I 100% believe this story. There's absolutely I do too. no reason to push back on the authenticity of this. It's super cool. I don't story. think we've had a more credible person vouch for a ufo story in my opinion than this yeah i agree with you really cool. i i 100 believe this story me too obviously obviously <laughs> can you imagine if you and i both and he didn't you guys are fucking idiots i made this whole story up doesn't even exist john mack not a person <laughs> it just made him up i mean he, he would have 100 fooled me i'd be like oh fuck i mean i just read the notes you sent me no. I didn't do extra research. I just read what you gave me. <laughs> there's a short, um, there's a short part at the end of uh, the phenomenon that newer uh, UFO documentary that I came still out. Not watched that. Yeah, they do a short bit on this at the end of it, uh, they, and they talk to some of the the kids out there growing okay. up. Uh, but they also talk to the I think she's called the headmaster, whoever the head of the school was, and she was really upset and said she regretted. Uh, just acting like the kids were full of shit and mm. kind of shutting the whole thing down. Like once she realized it was, yeah, they weren't lying. Like she believed them, right? She said yeah. that she believed them right off the bat, but she didn't want any of like the stigma of what was going on. You know who was the headmaster at Mike's school? Mike. I was the headmaster Bader. <laughs> <laughs> Female faces. That what makes two of us, Mike. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks for that. I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> I I don't know. This is a good story. I like this one. Yeah. I believe it. This is a uh, crazy. I like the parallels with Barney Hill too with uh the eyes in his um yeah. in his hypnosis stuff. Yeah. He he uh, that was when he got really scared and stuff. He he was talking about their eyes. That's what scared him the most. They seemed pretty scary to me. At one point he said like he felt like uh, its eyes were pushing into his brain or into his head. I would not like that. Nope, that doesn't sound I'm fun. Not a fan of that happening to me. <laughs> nope. Um, I don't know. Any other final thoughts? Like, I, th- I think we all kind of agree, right? Like this oh, is, yeah, I believe this 100%. Yeah. yeah, I think the interdimensional thing is absolutely probably what what is taking place. And boy, I would love to see it. Please visit me. I was kind of like for a split second there when I was reading, because I read, I read some of Passport to the Cosmos over again for this. Yeah. And then I read a little bit of Bud Hopkins book, Intruders. Yeah. 
And I was like, well, I'm going to save this because this is a Sunday show. But for a split second, I'm like, maybe I don't want to be like, have a close encounter. Maybe I could <laughs> yeah. just see a UFO, but maybe I don't want that. Really the encounter could encounter. ruin your life. Yeah. Cause then like, if people don't believe you, you're an outcast. Like you're just looked at as like a, a or, or, you know, in the book abductions, because John Mack believes all, all the people that he interviews for his two books, he fully believes their stories. Um, a lot of those people are pretty scared, mm. kind of fucked up their uh, fucked up their lives. Yeah, you don't want that. You don't want yeah. that. Mm. Don't want I mean, to be taken I, I, against my the, will. From the outside, it sounds cool, like, oh, you can be abducted. But then what would that really be like afterwards? I don't want to be abducted. I don't want the Barney Hill special. Like I want <laughs> But even I like, want this where I you know, I see them in the schoolyard and, and they just talk to they you. They trance me a little bit and tell me the, the you know Yeah, but you aren't you the same guy world. you want the black eyed children to come into your house too. I think the like, black eyed children would be really interesting. But you don't think about the after effects of what's gonna happen from that. No, you know why? Because I don't really believe in it. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in afterlife. And just the fact that I want to see something that makes me believe in something else. But you do believe so in I'm aliens, all for right? it. You yeah, but I want to know 100%. You want to see it. I want to see it. You want one thing to be proof that you're like, here it is. Yes. I, I believe this now because it happened. There's one thing I want to see before I go, and that is aliens. Or interdimensional contact or whatever it is. But don't let black eyed kids into your house. I will invite them in for tea time. You should not. (laughs) Maybe I'll have them on the patio, the back patio at least. Don't let them in your house. I will invite them in immediately. No fear. You and Ian both, I I think. I don't know if I I would invite them in, but I would be interested to talk to them. Oh, yeah. No. At least least see it. Yeah. Yeah. That might just, be the one thing out of all these fucking shows that we talked about. Like, that's the one thing I would love to see is the black eyed kids at your own fucking house. Yes, a hundred percent. Hell no. Hell no. Fuck off. I absolutely <laughs> want no to see that. way. Because if it is true, like you don't want that. Why? shit Why they didn't you. hurt anyone? Stop it. They just fucked around in your house and left. Nope. Yeah. They didn't do anything bad. No part of that. The one story where. The lady let them in, right? Weren't they hanging out for a while and like lights started flickering and they said like their parents were here or something? Yeah. They yeah. just like left and yeah, that yeah, gotta go. There was no tracks in the snow, nothing. It was just like they were gone. I so yeah, want to no, see I that. I don't want that at all. Oh, I would rather see an alien a hundred <laughs> times over than that. Just something out of this, I what got, we've been talking. Yeah. I do agree. Yeah. It'd be cool to see something, something out of the ordinary. The stuff we've talked about so far, like, um, Mothman, injured cold, the stuff that I believe, you know, mm. Men in Black, whatever, just just once. I don't want the the Barney Hill treatment, like you said. That's terrifying. Yeah, I don't, I don't want that. an abduction story. Absolutely no. not. I just want to be convinced that it's all real. Yeah, because Same I here. think you know, when people say they don't believe in alien, I just think it's such a short sighted. But so people think that about us with ghost stories, though. Because none of us believe in ghosts, and they think we're short-sighted, short-sighted on I, that. Yeah, I I, 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 I get that point of view. And there, but there's a difference. There's a difference. I keep my mind. Like, I think open. believing in ghosts means believing in an afterlife, and believing in aliens means you think there's other life forms out there, which is a hundred percent plausible. I'm with you on that. I mix the two together. Um, I subscribe to the idea that it's all one and the same. 
This is and all, that, and that's fair. It's sure. all ghosts inter- and aliens. Yeah, it's all interdimensional activity. Mm. That ghosts are not really dead people. At least in my that's my belief. I, I can get on board with that. That it's all it's all linked together. I just want to know. That's all. Like Bigfoot, all it's all. I'll get the it's all the same that piece thing. Of shit. I just want to know. Yeah. Come visit me. I'm in Mike's neighborhood, Eleven Houses Town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might be walking home later today. Come, someone, come visit me. I'll fucking see a ship floating overhead. No one will believe me, and I, I of course, won't reach for my iPhone because nobody ever does when that happens. I would literally be jumping out of my skin if Black Eyed Kids came to my door. I'd be so excited. <laughs> that would be the wildest fucking shit. I'm going to go fucking pay some kids in town to wear black eye contacts and show up at his door. I don't even know what I'd fuck, do. Yeah. It would be fucking like, wild. Hello, sir. Please let us in. We can't find our family. Please. May the, we make a phone call and just see what he does? The whole thing Jerry's about. Like, yeah, come on in. We need some sushi. It's coming. Oh. Eat some sushi. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The the whole thing about the men in black and whatever just being like one thing off and not understanding exactly how this world functions, I think is one of the most interesting things we've ever talked about. Like, I love that stuff. It's very creepy. And I would love to see it. I Even believe, the Unsolved Mysteries shows too. where they you know did the recreation or whatever. It's just so creepy. So you think the black eyed kids are like the children of men in black type? I don't know. It just, it seems related somehow. It might be. But just that not quite fitting into this dimension and being a little bit off. So everything doesn't make sense to you. Right. It's so creepy to me. I would just love to see that. It's the uncanny valley, which is super fucking interesting. What's that? I can't remember the the scientist or doctor's name, but it, it but it's basically a chart, and it it's based on like how we react to like artificial intelligence or something. Mm-hmm. And what he found was like there's this huge dip at a certain percentage or a certain point where we get creeped out by like a doll or you know right. something like that, and that huge dip where we start to get creeped out. He called it the uncanny Valley. Mm. It's very interesting, but there are, there's some stuff where I see like a robot, you know, like just slightly off. I'm like, yeah, there's something creepy about that. Right. That's the uncanny Valley. Okay. I'll have to look into that more. Bottom line, black eyed kids. Welcome at Casa Dave. Namapod. Casa Dave. Namapods. (laughs) All right. I'll take some grays. They can t- warn me about the way I'm living from yeah. the inside. And I would out. ask they all just leave me alone. <laughs> Thank you. I respect you. And please respect my privacy. <laughs> um, all right. So we got into all the final thoughts, I guess. Right. I think so. All right. Yeah. I love the story. Great story. Good story. I believe it. I think it's rare that all three of us believe a crazy story kind of like this, but I, there's just too much that makes sense. You got 52 kids telling the same story. You got a Harvard professor who specializes in child psychiatry that says these kids believe what they saw. Yeah, look, we've we've done bullshit stories before. This one uh, is highly credible. Yeah. Or the others have not. Who, who the fuck are us to argue with a Harvard professor? Yeah, exactly. His first book, Abductions, is really good. Like he, you know, he goes, when I said like he goes around the world, he for real goes around the world and he talks to you know, different tribes and tribal leaders about like their beliefs mm. and things like that. And 
you know, people that, you know, some of those tribes saying that we came from our ancestors or from the stars and shit. And it, the, the book is yeah, really interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's worth checking out. Okay. All right. Uh, also, we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we gave a, uh, when we were talking about how we were meeting, we gave a shout out to our friend, uh, Jared at, uh, and Christy at you just, or, uh, just brew coffee. Uh, just want to give a quick shout out to them. Check out their coffee at youjustbrew.com if you're interested. Fantastic coffee. It's very good. Delicious. And uh, without them, there would be no Necronomapod. So it's probably you know, true. You probably yeah. owe them at least an order or two if you listen to the show. <laughs> so. Check them out at youjustbrew. That's Y-O-U justbrew.com. They roast it. You just brew it. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? If you listen to some earlier episodes, there's all kinds of ads in there for them. <laughs> Anyways, shout out to Jared and Christy. Up your standards. Raise your, what was it? Raise your, raise your standards. Ra- raise your glass. Raise your standards. Up, raise your standard. I forget oh. what the ad was. Something like that. Well, thanks for butchering it, pal. <laughs> Youjustbrew.com. Y-O-U, justbrew.com. I have a birthday shout out for Aaron. Happy birthday, Aaron. Aaron is up in Methuen, Mass town i was born in so wanted to give her a happy birthday shout out we also got some patreon shout outs thank you very much to new patrons Gigi, orlando ortiz daniel jones gia Sinke, Haley spitz marcus courtney stamneys tabby humphreys mike oxlong brandon is g. it of course it is <laughs> of course it is dave brandon g angela martiginetti charlie Denzner. Julie Katrin, Aaron Marie, Peachy Forever, T. Blum, Blumkin, Jack Me Off, <laughs> Zach Kohler, Erica Obar. Um, mm, some of the translation on that one got uh, messed up. Apologies, Erica. Brad and Jesse, Jessica, Fabian Schechner, One Millimeters Peter, K. Bonez, <laughs> OJ Didn't Do It. Chris Latrell, Eric DeVore, Alice Markowitz, Dixie Normus, Sarah. That's a lot of dick jokes. Yeah, a lot of big yeah. dicks in Dave, there. is this fucking you? Are you putting this in here? Hey, Dave? It's not me. Jesus Christ. You know what? Hey, if you're paying for our bonus content, you write whatever the fuck you want. Good for you. Sarah, Lara Flint, Larry Flint, the Beaver Cleaver. I love that guy. <laughs> Whitney Wolf, <laughs> Julena Cardinal, Ansgeis, Ethan Vesley, Christina Smith, Maggie Moo, Gibran Ramirez, Jacob Bradford, Tom Botarenko, Luchenko, Sabrina Walborn, Diana Beans, Alan Leach, Megan Oates, Sonny Guthrie. Thank you all very much. We are at patreon.com slash Necronomapod. And I do think March might be our best Patreon month show content wise we've ever had. We got some good stuff coming up in March. It's looking pretty fun. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod if you are interested. Thank you all so much. We appreciate it. Ian. For iTunes, I just have one for hashtag my opinion matters. I might have read that last week too, but. Eh. I don't know. I think your opinion it, still matters this week. Yeah. I think I read that last week, but, but thank you for the awesome reviews or review.
Dave, what do you got? Uh, I don't really have anything. Let's no. remind you, stickers are out there on the website still. Rapidly running out of uh, inventory, though, so get them while they last. Necronomapod.com. Check out our merch page. That's where the stickers are available. You can get two or three packs. Two or three packs. The two packs are the new ones. Yep. The three pack is the full set. Yep. Stick them all over your town, your township, your village, wherever they, wherever you reside. Fuck yeah. Go to your local bar, slap them on a pint glass. Absolutely. Next person who gets that pint glass, they're going to listen to Necronomapod. Find your mayor, slap it on his forehead. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> get the word out. Is it true that we've literally never lost a listener? Once you start, like you just don't stop listening. It's impossible. Voldemort casts a spell on you and you're unable to <laughs> stop listening. <laughs> uh, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Necronomapod, Amazon.com. Search Necronomapod for all of our clothing, clothing merch. Necronomapod.com, like we said, for the stickers. And Patreon.com slash Necronomapod for all of the bonus content. We got three shows a month at the $5 level. And if you're the $10 level, you get Necro Night at the Movies once a month. Dave, what are we talking about this month? March? Movie 43. Can't wait. 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> 100% in our hearts. <laughs> it's one of the funniest <laughs> fucking movies I've ever seen. That I rewatched it the other day. Have you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. <laughs> it is so it. goddamn funny. <laughs> I Rotten Tomatoes is out of its mind. That it's getting it zero. It is so fucking it's good. It's so great. It's hilarious. I love it. So we're going to talk about that in I March. Can't wait. If you and if you get on Patreon, you can listen to all back episodes. In January, we covered uh, Hereditary and uh, Midsummer. Midsummer, and then in February we covered uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. A new beginning. That's right. <laughs> March is going to be Moody Movie Forty Three, and we got some good stuff lined up for the rest of the year. Very Tennis exciting show. times, fellas. It's good stuff. It's a great time to be alive. Yeah, <laughs> I had a really good time recording the uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. Did you? Yeah, it was fun. It was a ridiculous because mm-hmm. the movie was shit, but it was fun to talk about. So We're gonna anyways. bounce around a bit. We're gonna do some serious. We're gonna do start off with some horror. We're moving into some comedy this month. I think we've got a pretty good movie planned for next month. Yeah, we're going to touch all the yeah, bases. That's wide open. We'll with touch the on movies. a Serb. We'll do a Serbian film at some point this year. I'm <laughs> of sure. Course. Of course. Not the edited version on uh, Amazon either. Obviously, we'll cover mm-hmm. Talladega Nights as well. We'll get there. Next uh, couple weeks, we're going to get close on the Sunday episodes. Oh, boy. That's I think a, we should do Martyrs. I think we should do Martyrs at some point. My favorite horror movie. That'd be a good one. I've actually seen that one already. It's actually on Shudder this month. Shudder really? rolling out some good movies this month. I shudder to think about watching that movie again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you very much. All right. You guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>